Salutations! And welcome to the 52nd episode of the In The House podcast. Yeah. The official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. The most official. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am, uh, I'm, I'm jacked up to be here tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm full of that derby energy. Yeah, it's a good week. To be here tonight. And, uh, I think that there's a lot to cover since we last spoke, but not, uh, not things that are, uh, bad. No. It's just a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Since what we, a lead uh, Yeah. <laughs> not bad things. Yeah, not bad things. Um, but in order to have a conversation about it, I'll need uh, someone to provide the real insights, the real thoughts, the real, uh, the real consideration. And I can think of no person better suited to that task than my partner, who is coming to you live tonight from a gift shop at Angkor Wat, Cambodia. <laughs> Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, welcome on, buddy. I've never been to Angkor Wat before now. Right. Uh, spectacular gift shops. Okay. Like crazy gift shops. It's basically just like stairs and gift shops. Yeah, that's it. But you take the stairs to the gift shops and you think it's not going to be worth it. No, it's worth it. And okay. weirdly, they have a ton of derby stuff. <laughs> just lots of derby gear. Like current derby like stuff. 2019, yeah, like 2019 Derby Festival stuff. I didn't, I didn't ask, but it's cool. It's so. all teal and pink. guess you really just can't escape. Derby at Any, all. Anywhere in the world. <laughs> anywhere. Uh, it is Derby Week, which for you is a very busy week as someone who uh, services the service industry. Exceptionally, yes. Uh, so it's a busy week for you. It's been a busy week for the club also, which means that it's a busy week for me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff that we've participated in as an official yeah. event of the Kentucky Derby Festival this time around. And you and I haven't had our own pod in two weeks. Because we did the uh, the special event pod last week. Yeah, and from so, the stadium. Yeah. Right, which was amazing. Which is incredible. But uh, so two weeks since we last really spoke about the team. And I don't know, man, I feel... If, if you told me I would feel this way about this team two weeks ago, I would have been really excited about that. Because yeah. I'm, I'm feeling more and more confident about Absolutely. this group every day. Uh but let's let's crank straight into this yeah. thing, bad boy, and let's uh, let's flip let's that flip coin. coin. I think you got this. That was the worst <laughs> coin toss of all time. He missed it the just table. Disappeared. It he just missed disappeared. the table by like six feet. Uh, I, I found it. It's tails. Tails. Excellent. Tails. Uh, we're starting to have several of those in a row, which I approve of. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a tail, so it'll, we'll begin with a game review. And uh, in that case, I, I think we're going we're gonna to completely skip over the game that we played two weeks ago, the, the first win of this run. And instead, we're going to go straight to the most recent game, yeah. which uh, was played this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, this past Tuesday. Tuesday. A Tuesday night game. Which is weird. It was. It was unusual. Uh, but it was against Memphis 901 FC and yeah. uh, got the 2-1 win. One of the new expansion teams. One of the new expansion teams. Though that, everybody's been curious about The expansion, like, you know, for better or worse, it's just cool to see a new team. Because mm-hmm. you know, so much, especially with five new teams in the league, you really want to, like, it's, it's like, it's like getting, 
like the ground floor sense of where the USL is going, especially the East region. Yeah, and I think that Memphis, uh, we, we kind of need Memphis to settle into a good role in the mm-hmm. league. I think that it's a good market for the USL. I think that uh, proximity-wise, it'll be a good rival for us. Yeah, absolutely. If we can have, I mean, with Nashville leaving and Cincinnati gone... I think if we can turn Memphis, Indy, and St. Louis into a nice little, uh, yeah, a little triangle or square of uh, of contention, that would be a good thing for the league. It'd be a yeah. good thing for uh, Louisville City, in and of itself. So I'm I'm really pleased. Plus, those are all fun cities. They are. It's a good it's so a, a good game, core of yeah, the Midwest. Absolutely. So uh, we played Memphis nine zero one FC. Got the two one win. We did. Uh, first half. Came out guns a blazing, lots of chances early, yeah. lots of creative play in this game. I yeah, thought. and we got to see some individual brilliance in this game, which mm-hmm. is is sometimes nice to see. Uh, in my mind, particularly sticks out uh, from the first half, the Abdu Jam uh, incredible trap where yeah. he's over his head. Uh, at a full sprint, pulls the ball down, and then flips it back over his own head for the yeah. turn. Yeah, that was incredible. Pretty, a lot of good touches in this game. Pretty One sick. One of the things that we, that, like, looking back on other uh, shows that we've done since beginning of the season... One of the bad things that sticks out in my head is bad touches, bad mm-hmm. touches. A lot of good touches in this game. There were some, some really impressive yeah. individual uh, moves that really culminated in really great team play. Uh, and we'll get through some of the scoring plays and all that, but also then in the second half, the the like forty five seconds of Lucky Kosana and Oscar Jimenez just doing work oh my in the gosh. corner, where they had uh, they had a nutmeg of Morgan Hackworth. So Coach <laughs> I Hackworth's completely son, forgot that little Hack was Coach Hackworth's son got nutmegged by Oscar. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk my employment here. Oh yeah, and I work for Louisville City FC. That's oh yeah, a disclaimer. I work for Louisville City FC, and uh, any of these opinions are my opinions and not the opinions of the team. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna risk the displeasure of one of my many many bosses by saying yeah. that uh, Coach Hack got a text uh, after the game from uh, his youngest son. Who texted him and said, if you don't find Oscar for that, then what are you thinking? Because oh Oscar nutmegged the coach's son, which was awesome. And uh, right shortly after that sweet move, he did a turn that that blew up a defender, mm-hmm. passed the ball back to Lucky, who then did a flick over his own head and his yeah. opponent's shoulder. And it was just like 45 seconds of watching the Harlem Globetrotters out there. That was crazy. There. It was great. Lucky has been one of the most fun... Mm-hmm. new guys to watch thus far. I mean, like, the two goals aside, obviously, um, watching him play has been a lot of fun because he seems like, from an uneducated point of view, he seems like somebody who looks to be creative. Like, his intention going out there is to find creative ways mm-hmm. to score. Yeah, that sounds fair. Uh, the I, I like watching Lucky play. I think that uh, he... Seems more and more comfortable yeah. with his role, and that's that's huge. When you can see some of these players going, yeah, maybe this isn't exactly how we thought we'd be playing, or where we thought we'd be playing, or the guys we thought we'd be playing with, but you can see them all gelling in mm-hmm. right now, and that's exciting. When you start seeing guys 
try little stuff like nutmegs and yeah. flick, flicks over their shoulder. You know they feel comfortable out there. Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry. If this doesn't work, I don't have to worry about getting benched. Right. In the There's a game. confidence to it. There's yeah. a confidence that they're playing with if they're trying stuff like that. And and that's exciting. Uh, I thought that uh, Magram's goal, oh, yeah. uh, which in front of the Coopers end, a uh, really nice feed in from, uh, from, Nile. from Nile. And the defender, yeah, he bit it with the turf monster, as will happen from time to time. But in the end, it was a nice touch by Maggie, and then a great finish and yeah. a return of the mag. You know, he's was, been he's another one who's been so fun to, to watch. I play. think he's been man of the match in like six of our eight games. I mean, voted on by the fans, so maybe some of that is just him being a popular player. But mostly. Uh, he's been man of the match. I think and I'm not even thinking. I'm exaggerating. I think in six of our eight games, yeah. one of them it was Ben Lunt, and then uh, yeah. I feel like uh, early on Luke got one. Yeah. But uh, honestly, it's been mostly Magram yeah. getting the uh, getting the man of the match, which is fun to see. Not because he's been so much better than everybody else, but because he plays with a little bit of flair. Fun yeah. to watch. And uh, he's he's filling in that attacking central midfield yeah. role really effectively. And Nile has been playing sort of in a hybrid nine ten role. Yeah, he's really been playing more of the Ilya Illich role. Yeah, yeah I thought Magnus would, but it's really been Nile sort of playing there. But they swap him in and out with the wings, so you'll see him out wide a lot, yeah. which is not something we're used to seeing from somebody playing centrally. Usually, our central uh, midfielders pretty well stayed in the middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, but Niall has been, you, you'll he's suddenly out on the wing. He's suddenly yeah. playing as a false nine. Now he's playing as a true striker. He definitely... He's he, all over the field, and it's exciting. He definitely feels like he's been, like, one of the workhorses of the team. Oh, because absolutely. of that. You know what I mean? I think he's played basically every minute of yeah. every game also. So he's been an actual workhorse. Yeah. Uh, but he's everywhere, which is nice to see. And, you know, we, we've commented before that Niall doesn't have blazing speed. But he has had a knack all year this year of being in the right place at the right time. There are a couple of times where you feel like maybe if he had two or three more steps of pace, he'd have been off to the races because of that. Yeah. That where he'd gotten a step on the defender and got the ball played out into space in front of him. And if he could have just turned on that extra mm -hmm. gear, maybe he's in on goal. But that's not his game. And uh, But it speaks to his positioning that he's in that situation so frequently. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was a really nice finish from uh, Magnus. It looked confident in front of the net and yeah. really put it home. We had a bunch of other chances, and frankly, Niall, I think, put four over the bar in this game. Yeah. And that sucks, but you'll get he'll get his eye in, and uh, the the chances created for him where he put those over the bar were yeah. all really nice-looking chances. And I think that's the thing to focus on, is that we're seeing more actual chances created. Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day... You know, we've talked about it before. Like, you, the more pressure that you put on an opposing team, something's going to go in. Mm -hmm. So I think the takeaway, yeah, he put a few over the bar, but the takeaway is that the chances were there to begin with. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we need to get our uh, our uh, statistics guru back on the show. I think from, so from, too. From last year, our uh, the tracking forward who was great. On the show, I think we yeah. need to bring him back on and sort of be able to do a compare and contrast with how our stats look at this point this year yeah. versus how our stats look at this point last year. I've seen some people posting some uh, expected goals comparisons, mm -hmm. 
And that's all interesting stuff. I mean, I, I like XG. It's a good base measurement for what you're expecting from your uh, yeah. goal scores. But ultimately, I think that there's a lot to be said for uh, possession and type of possession, yeah. which I don't have the right metrics to be able to measure in my mind. I want to see some heat maps. The, you I want to see some heat maps, damn it. Well, I like that. That's actually one of the promotions we're doing this year for uh, uh, the airport is the nonstop player of the game, and we have oh, yeah. Matt posted on Twitter and up on the big screen during the second half. And I always find that fascinating yeah. to be able to take a look and see uh, where where are we really, yeah. where are our guys really playing on the field, and uh, it's it's good right now. When can we get that guy back? Uh, I'm, I'll have to reach out. I'll have to reach out. Do it now. I'm not going to do it now. I can do it after the show. All right. But it's it's good that. We're back to worrying about stuff like this instead of instead of worrying about hey we need to get some points. Yeah, uh, you got seven points out of the last three games, and that's a that's a fine place to be. Now the two wins were against two teams that are maybe not title threats. <laughs> that's to put it lightly against uh, Memphis nine hundred one and uh, Ottawa Fury. Yeah. You got your two wins against those teams, but we also got a draw on the road at Tampa. And I think that was the start of this run. And Tampa's good, and they've always been truly good at home. Yeah. And so getting that draw and then putting in two wins in a row following it, we still, oh, still, and we talk about this way more than I'm comfortable, but we still haven't had that that deluge game where we yeah. where we got we get four or five just because of all of the chances. And I think getting it's, a couple of lucky bounces. I still just think it's coming. I I'm sure that it'll happen. It's just man, I'd like to see it because we keep winning the even these games against maybe bottom feeders and that's harsh, but against lower lower in the table kind of teams. <laughs> bottom feeders. Yeah, that it was, was harsh. It was savage harsh. as hell, dude. It was harsh, <laughs> but. Uh, You'd like to see some multi-goal wins mm-hmm. in these games, and we've been squeaking out one-goal kind of wins against these teams. Uh, but ultimately, their wins, three points is a good thing, yeah. and and we have dominated both games, I felt like, to the point where you just need a little bit of good luck, a little bit of good luck, and we'll suddenly start seeing you know big goal games. When, this might be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So Your prerogative. When do you think we start focus? Like, when does the focus on goal differential escalate? You know what I mean? Saying like, you know, you get a win, and it could be by one goal, but you still get the three points. So, when do you think goal differential starts to really matter? Never. Okay. I mean, never. I don't mind if, you know, we go the rest of the Because you hear year. people talk about it a lot. Well, I mean, and it's a nice metric, but here's the thing. We're at negative one right now as mm-hmm. our goal differential. We got four wins, one draw, and three losses on the season, and we're at negative one. And the reason we're at negative one is because we got shellacked 4-1 in our home opener. I mean, in our road opener. Yeah. The first game of the year, you lose 4-1, and you're just playing from behind on your goal differential. Yeah. The only time I will care at all what our goal differential is, is game to game. Uh, and maybe I could view a scenario where we are neck and freaking neck with somebody at the yeah. end of the year for the one or two seed, and yeah. you need to, you need to care, uh, just in case you need the tiebreaker. Yeah. But, I mean, until then, worry about it game to game. I want our goal differential to be plus one every game, and that's that it'll, it'll look fine at the end of the year. 
The only reason I ask is because I've heard a few people uh, express concern about Gold. Sure. Mitchell. Well, I mean, we're not scoring right now. I mean, we're eight games into the season, and I think we have eight goals. Yeah. So that tells you, you know, or maybe it was, maybe we have ten goals now. I, I don't remember specifically. Actually, I think it's ten. We have ten goals for and eleven goals against. Mm. Uh, you know, eight games in, ten goals, it's not much scoring. And for the type of soccer that Hack plays, which is very much, hey, let's go forward, let's push forward, let's mm-hmm. be aggressive, let's attack, let's push, and you only got ten goals to show for it. And some, I've seen a whole bunch of people talking about how we have two or three own goals that have counted for us this mm-hmm. year, two or three, and they're like, well, yeah, we really have only scored five or six. Man, how do you think people create an own goal? Yeah. It's because you are pressing, you are in the other team's zone, you are creating problems for them, the yeah. defense doesn't have any choice, and they're stuck trying to make plays, sticking legs out at things, trying to stop yeah. it. You, I don't you call it an own goal all you want. Maybe it sucks that we didn't get it for our player, but in the end, an own goal means that you created that problem. Yeah, you pressured somebody enough to panic. An own goal to me is still a freaking goal. Yeah. But uh, that's, uh, that's my own personal whatever's. Uh, I think ultimately we're going to see a lot of what we saw in the Memphis game. I think that that was by design Mm -hmm. that we would push. We played more through the middle than we have, not at midfield where Speedy and Sean Tosh and Niall when he's he's there or Magnus when he's there, still not touching the ball much at midfield. Mm -hmm. But once we got into the attacking third, you were starting to see Oscar, Frano, Abdu, Lucky, all of them thinking and looking about getting the ball to the middle of the field and not just on big crosses. Yeah. It wasn't just whip the ball in right, from 26 right. yards and hope somebody's there. It was intentional finding a man, passing it to him on yeah. the ground, in the middle of the field where there are options and guys can make cuts. Abdu continues to impress me with the space he creates. Absolutely. And the runs he makes into the box. The finishing is not there yet, uh, and that's that's obvious. He, he had three or four more real chances on goal in this game and couldn't get one to, couldn't get one to drop. Uh, but what he creates, the havoc he plays in the midfield, yeah. you, just, you just feel like at some point we're going to get a, go- a game where – three or four of these things bounce right and we end up with five or six goals yeah. instead of one or two goals. Uh, and and I think that we will, but we're not. We haven't yet, and that's fine. Uh, the second goal that we got in this game in the second half in front of Scouse's mm-hmm. house yes, sir. was a, a doozy of a touch Oof. by Abdu. little lucky that the defender played him onside, mm-hmm. but the defender absolutely played him onside. Uh, by making a real play at the ball. The ball gets past him. Abdu makes one great touch to push the ball out into space to give himself some room to operate, use his wheels. And then real nice patience from the young, yeah. from the young-ish rookie. Uh, waiting on Sonny, I mean, on Lucky to arrive. Yeah. Really gave, him, gave it time for the play to develop. So often in that situation, you see a guy get to the end line and make the cross and hope somebody gets there. He clearly clearly held up, showed some nice patience, and, you know, Lucky isn't going to miss from there. That was clean, clinical, and the pass was right on the money. I think it goes back to what you were saying, like, stuff like that. Like, they had a plan. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't just a, let's see what happens. Yeah. 
the entire yeah. game. Wow. Like, they had a plan. Yeah. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. I felt bad because when he, when Abdi played it up, I was, he passed it. And I guess I just didn't, like, I, obviously I was focused on, on that. And I, <laughs> I yelled, somebody's got to be there. And right before, like, before it was out of my mouth, Lucky just, poof, appeared out of nowhere and puts it. I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. I'll shut up. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, and that came during a run of play of about 15 minutes there in the second half where it felt like we could have gotten three or four. Yeah. I know Oscar put one off the post. Uh, we had several that were just, just this close. Mm-hmm. A lot of really nice efforts. And, again, I there will come a point in this season if we keep scoring zero, one, two goals every game where you go, maybe they just aren't clinical enough to finish these, and we can yeah. keep creating chances, and we're just not. But I mean, I still really feel like I just don't. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna come. Uh, How good did it make you feel to see uh, Luke walk? Uh, I was just, uh, I was. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going next. Luke and George both yeah. getting on the field. So George Davis the fourth and Luke Spencer, who were injured within about forty-five seconds of each other. That's an exaggeration, but very close together. <laughs> Uh, both get on the field within about 45 seconds of yeah. each other, come back from the exact same injury to uh, come back on the field. Luke looked a little out. Uh, his his uh, his feel for the game didn't feel exactly right yet, but how can you blame him? Yeah. And uh, George didn't have a lot to do. Uh, no, he played the last like four minutes. Yeah, that, like he that. was yeah. he was mainly a time wasting substitution, and that's fine. But getting out on the field, and I'm sorry. If it was just about time wasting substitutions, you can throw on you know you can throw on anybody. Yeah. They, they George and Luke were both ready to be back on the field. Uh, they got to get their I'm sure their fitness a little bit back after weeks of just mm-hmm. not being able to do much. And also you just your timing and your feel for the game have got to come back, and yeah. that takes a little bit. But I also think no matter how like little they played or you know, also th- I would imagine for a player. Especially players like George and Luke, who the team is dependent on so much. Like it's got to be a mental thing to get back on the field Absolutely. in a game. Like Absolutely. it's like okay, remember how we do this. Like to put your mind back where it needs to be. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That this was just a nice first step to be yeah. really back. Yeah, they were back on the field. They'll be really back soon, which is a nice feeling. Um, when they do get back, and I had this conversation with several people, some team guys, some non-team guys, some fans, some uh, interested observers, um, that just aren't entirely certain that Luke and George are guaranteed starters. When they get fully healthy, the way the team, as we're running it out there right now, is playing, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure... That they are just like, ah, well, you know, Luke's healthy. Mm-hmm. Abdu, come back to the bench. Or George is healthy. Okay, Lucky, you're out. Yeah. I'm not sure that that uh, they just get slotted straight back in. Here's the thing. I feel like Sean Tosh has played very well in his role back there, and I'm thrilled to see him playing in that role and to know that we've got somebody who can play there that's not Paolo. Mm-hmm. But you have to believe that when Paolo is fully fit, Paolo is a plug-in guy. Like, okay, Paolo's back, that's his spot. 
No matter how well Sean plays back there, you feel like that Paolo has earned the benefit of the doubt to be our yeah. our key defensive midfielder. Uh, and they play a little differently. Luke, I'm sorry, Sean being more willing to drop back into the into a fullback role, mm-hmm. and Paolo feeling more confident going all the way forward up to the other 18. Mm-hmm. Paolo's a little more box-to-box than Tosh is, yeah. but that's fine. Especially with how much we attack, it's fine. Because what Sean does allow our wings in Frano and Oscar to get bomb up and down the field. So, totally fine. Uh, But you feel like Paolo gets that spot back. Yeah. You also feel like once Brian Ownby is really ready to roll, that Brian Ownby is going to get a spot in the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, I'm not remotely prepared to talk about where or for whom, but I'm willing to say that Brian Ownby has also earned the if you can play, you will play. play yeah. uh, Luke and George have been such key cogs for us that it's easy to remember that both of them have sort of been in and out of the starting lineups before. Where George, yeah. George last year mostly was getting the nod. But you remember in 2017, Mark Anthony Kay and Richie Ballard were starting as often as George was. Yeah, uh, And then... Uh, last year, I mean, Cameron took Luke's spot. Even when mm-hmm. Luke was healthy, Cameron was clearly the guy. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and that's one of the places where you love that Luke and George are pure professionals. Yeah. That they are. They know their spot on the team. They're confident that even if... And, that I, and I'm confident mm-hmm. that they'll prepare like they're starting, whether they are or not. Also, I think important to note, they are, they're, that's two of the triumvirate that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, two guys who are important locker room figures yeah. and also important generals on the field where when you've got to bring subs off the bench, in my mind, there are three kinds of subs you bring in. We're winning, we want to shore up our defense, okay? We're losing, we need to bolster our offense, okay? And the third is this is a tight game that could go either way. It's a draw mm-hmm. or it's one up, one down, whatever. And we just need to we need to buckle in, mm-hmm. and you just try to get some experience on the field, some steadiness on the field, yeah. and that's what they're going to be able to provide a ton of. Yeah. And obviously, both of them can score goals, and you throw them in when you need a goal, no problem, happily do it. But I'm saying that you also get that experience on the field when you put either of them in. Yeah. And uh, but it also, I mean, I could be completely wrong and that the minute they are fully game fit, they're starters again immediately. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And I uh, two weeks ago I might have easily been like, well, of course they will. But now with how lucky and Abdu are playing, who's who realistically took those two spots in the lineup. How those two guys are playing I don't feel confident that the, either of them can just waltz into practice like, "Hey, I'm with this. I'm with the first team." Right, right. I also think it's important to note um, right after Luke and George uh, went out with injuries, because Omi went out the game before that with mm-hmm. didn't he? Mm-hmm. So Omi goes out one game. Luke and George go out another game. Oscar at a press conference said, "You know, this is a chance for." these other guys to step up. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, they have. I agree with that. I agree with that. Which gives me comfort. Well, and what it gives me is two weeks from now, the U.S. Open Cup starts. Oh, God. 
Yeah, two weeks God. from, I think two weeks from yesterday, that is, the U.S. Open Cup starts. And that means that you're going to need to have some depth. Yeah. And we ought to, two weeks from now, George and Luke ought to be ready to roll. Like, roll, roll. Yeah. And two weeks from now, I expect Paolo to be ready to rock. Mm-hmm. And two weeks from now, Richard Ballard might be ready to rock. He may be closer to 3-4. Paolo may be closer to 3-4. But soonish, that's yeah. three big, four big cogs that are like perilously close. And there's four guys who aren't playing now. And that means that you already got your starting 11 that you feel confident about rolling out there. And then four guys that you just go, yeah, those are starters for 90% of the league. Yeah. Just sitting in the wings ready to come in and just take some minutes go. and help yeah. everybody out. And that's before we talk about Sonny Jane or Johnny and uh, uh, Napo Matoso mm-hmm. and Jeff D. All of these are guys who are putting in seriously important minutes in training, and they're not seeing the field. But I think that that has more to do with where we are, how what the kind of start we got off to. Mm-hmm. I think you know if we'd come out of the gates winning three or four in a row and you know, hadn't dropped a game yet or had dropped one game already, you'd be seeing them play more minutes just to get out on the field. Yeah. But right now it feels to me like Hack wants to roll with the guys he knows. Yeah. And uh, and sort of until the ship gets righted, not try to throw in guys he doesn't have to. Right. Um, and also you got to remember that with a professional soccer team, they're all professionals and they all can play. It's not always created equal, like in terms of how good players really are on mm-hmm. your squad. Sometimes it's guys we want to develop. Sometimes it's because they have a specific skill set that is useful to us in practice, but maybe is not something that you care to see play against you in a game. Right. Uh, maybe it's because they they are a great locker room guy. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a, you don't know all. It's not always we expect this guy to get serious minutes. Yeah. It's not a always the reason you've got a team on that we don't get team. to see. Yeah, and I'm not saying that about any one of these players in specific. I am just saying this about a team construction. And so I think the people who maybe are wondering, hey, why aren't we seeing these guys play in games? It's it's maybe because they're they they have another specific role they need to fulfill, yeah. uh, or maybe it's because they had a bad week of practice, or maybe it's because they have a injury that they're not really talking about, or a thousand other reasons. I just think that it's uh, it's unfair to question the decision making of who to play mm-hmm. based on. Well, he's on the roster. If you can't play him, why should he be on the roster? Well, there are a lot, a lot of reasons, reasons you should be on to the have roster. a guy yeah, on the roster that you don't plan on playing in a game. Yeah, uh, Elijah Winder is going to be on our roster a lot. I don't expect him to see much playing time this year. Uh, but oh, he, that would be it. Would be freaking that would be sick. exciting. We'll get, we'll get to more of that shortly. Uh, let's finish off the nine oh one game. All right. uh, I thought Memphis is not a good team. Uh, they didn't play terribly, but they didn't play well either. The goal they got, they were pressing us as hard as they could at that point, down two goals in like the 70th-ish, yeah. 75th, somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, ball's pinging around on a corner kick, and Abdu tries to poke it out, accidentally poked it up over his shoulder and into the goal. Damn. Own goal. But it is what I said earlier, you know, it was an own goal created by them having the ball in a dangerous area and us trying to make a play and not being able to. Yeah. Own goal. Okay. They earned it, and it's fine. Uh, The 
defense shut it down from there. Uh, and honestly, most of the game, I felt really good about the defense and the way they Yeah, played. absolutely. The one question, ah, I'm going to save that for our game preview. So uh, the, I'll say this. Tosh mm-hmm. and Jason Hindenach point, pointed this out to me. Tucked in his kit. Mm. I'm not sure if... I did not notice Anybody that. else know? I'm sure people noticed. Probably. They might not have cared. I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Because it is Usually the first time untucked. I've ever seen Tosh do that. Okay. He was the only person who did it. We Most of our guys go untuck. Most of our guys it definitely go really untuck. Um, I don't have any commentary for you about that. Ask him. I, 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 can, I can reach out. That's it. You want That's me to text it. him right now and ask him? You, probably, you could. We're going to hit pause right now, <laughs> and I'm going to text Sean Tosh and ask him about why he tucked his shirt. Okay, so predictably, <laughs> I, uh, I was unable to get a hold of Sean Tosh in this exact moment, and so, uh, you know, that's on me for uh, thinking that uh, I was going to be able to just, at 10.30 at night, reach out to somebody who yeah. has to be at practice early in the morning. What time do they get to practice? Um, usually practice kicks off about 9.30 or 10. Yeah, usually, he's, he's depends. Got, he needs to get some rest. Uh, but it's also derby week, so who knows? They're, these are young men. You know, they could be out uh, enjoying the nightlife here in it's the easy for, It's easy to forget that these are all 20-year-old dudes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that, 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 that they are between the ages of, you know, I think our youngest on the squad right now is 22. God. And the oldest on the squad right now, I think, is 33. So, uh, between 22 and 33, and I think like five or six of them are married, or in serious, serious yeah. relationships, either married or engaged or whatever. Yeah. And then well, the Luke rem- just got married, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He did. And the remainder of those guys are, you know, single professional athletes. <laughs> the, in a happening city. In a good, on a huge week. On a big week. <laughs> so, uh, I imagine they are, uh, It's almost like they would have something better to do than, than to answer to the, the text, text message. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um... But no, I don't have any opinion about tucked or untucked. That's that's completely. I just thought I don't either. I just thought it was weird. It is, and I wonder. We I will ask him at a time when it is uh, more appropriate. Um, Look, just blame it on Jay. Blame I'll it on Jason. I'm I'm curious, you know. And frankly, these guys are as superstitious as we are in their own ways. Uh, professional athletes don't mess with what they don't have to mess with. Right. And so if he did, it's maybe, a mind game. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I did hear some good Hulk chants during the game yeah. coming from Scouse's house, yeah. which I always enjoy hearing. Well, he, he, has, he has embraced it. That's great. He has embraced it, which is good. Yeah. I, I said I called him uh, Hulk to hack the other day, and uh, he, Hack just sort of shook his head at me. So I don't know. I don't feel like the rest of the team has embraced him being Hulk, but I, I love it. And so I will always refer to him that way. Um, no, they got their goal, and then the defense really shut him down at the end yeah. of the game. I was pleased with how the whole team performed. It ne- the game never felt in question, even after we gave up the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because we didn't really face many threats after that, no. and so and we still had two or three real chances on yeah. net afterwards. Who so. was it that said uh, it was kind of a joke? The uh, a two goal lead is the most dangerous lead. Uh, it's a very famous saying. I don't know from whom it originates, but it is a uh, a well known platitude in soccer. But it didn't feel like that. No, it never felt at risk. It was comfortable. All right, so that's a game review. 
That was uh, good. Yeah. That was an eventful game. It was. It was. I'm, I'm pleased with how we performed in all of this. Good job. And so, you and I, not the team. I'm no, I'm saying good me. job. Yeah. <laughs> you and me. Uh, let's, let's move now to our game preview. Yeah. Where we'll be talking about our game against Swope Park Rangers. We know those guys. Uh, they are Kansas City Sporting KC's uh, feeder team, their Division Two team. And we have played them once before. In a notable game. <laughs> it was notable. <laughs> Uh, they were our opponent in the 2017 yeah. USL Cup Final, which, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, they were still a part of the Western Conference then. They have mostly been, they haven't been shuttled back and forth like St. Louis has, but I think that now, the way the league alignment shapes up, they are the most likely new team to start getting shuttled yeah. back and forth. So uh, yeah. depending on teams getting added and teams being put into USL League One, because mostly there, it's clear that they intend to move all of the two teams down. So actually, it shouldn't matter to them. They'll probably get moved down to the USL League One, if not soon, soon in the near future. Yeah. Uh, but they are Sporting KC's team. Now, before we really break into this, I think it's only fair to, to mention that Sporting KC plays a home game mm-hmm. on Sunday. Okay. We play an away game, so a home game for Swope on Monday. on Monday. Now, that means that the MLS team will all be in town, and that means that anybody oh. who doesn't play for the MLS KC squad in the Sunday game could very well end up playing just to get the minutes in the, Monday, the Monday night game against us. So we may be seeing a higher caliber of player than what Swope has generally been running out there. So be on the lookout for some of the KC Sporting Reserves to be playing for Swope Park Rangers instead of uh, traveling with Kansas City. So just just have it in the back of your head that we could be seeing some better looking players. Yeah. What what is where 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 is Swope Park right now? They are either last or second to last. They have no wins, two draws, and five losses, okay. something to that effect. Bad. Okay. They've been bad. Uh, they just they're coming off of a three one loss to St. Louis, but St. Louis is good. St. Louis is good, and that will be our next league opponent. After no, then we have an away game to Birmingham. Our next home league opponent will be St. Louis. Birmingham. Yeah, we'll get. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, they just lost to St. Louis three one, and before that, they got a draw zero yeah. zero against Birmingham, who uh, snuck out a win against us. So I mean, that tells you something. About what our form was at the time, I still think that the the weird ass weather of the yeah, Birmingham right. game ruined us in that game. I don't think eh, it was just such weird. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll next week. We'll get next into week. it next week. There's a lot to be said. There is, uh, but ultimately, I don't think that you can apply the transitive property here. Like, well, Birmingham drew Sporting or drew uh, Swope Park. And Birmingham beat us, so Swope no. Park must be, you know, I'm not, I don't think you can apply that. The here. logic doesn't, no, it doesn't work here. What you can apply is that it's not a team full of household names for Eastern Conference fans. No. Uh, 
And what I mean by that is I barely recognize any of the names. Usually, even in teams I don't watch frequently, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy played for so-and-so and that guy played for so-and-so. And some of the better soccer minds in our fanhood, I'm sure, are going, well, dude, so-and-so played for such-and-such team in their championship season and scored 16 goals. And I just don't know this stuff. Right. Uh, because the Western Conference is a simulation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually happen. <laughs> it's a myth, really. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Um, the, uh, the simulation that was the Western Conference did not produce a lot of names that are recognizable from this squad. To me. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting that the keeper who played keeper for them in the, uh, in the final against us, Zendejas... Uh, will be oh, back yeah. in the pipes. Now, he is technically on the Sporting KC roster, but he's been their third keeper for uh, most of the most of the season, and so uh, he's been playing with Swope pretty regularly, and he's good. He's a good keeper. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only, like, player note I even really have for you. I'll tell you that they haven't been scoring, and they haven't been defending well. They've been a bad team. But, but they could be a completely different team. They could team be a than, completely yeah. different team. And that's the real issue with the two teams, is you just don't know what you're going to face on a given yeah, night. Yeah, that's um, point. Ultimately, I don't think they'll matter in the standings at any point this year. Can we text them and ask them who they're going to But play? they could, on any given night, beat any team if they happen to field the right roster. Right. And so we'll see what their roster looks like the night we play them. Can we ask them? I... I Cannot ask them in good conscience. And also, I, I don't think they would give me a straight answer about that. And I think that because I guarantee you Hack wouldn't give us a straight answer about that, let alone our opponents. All right. Yeah, like, I mean, if I was like, hey, Hack, is Ownby going to play this weekend? He'd probably be like, yeah, probably. Even though, no, Brian Ownby is not playing right. this weekend. Right. I, no. Um... Coaches notoriously not interested in providing accurate information about what their team's going to look like. One thing we have never done on this podcast, which I kind of approve of, but I also am curious to see if we should go another way. Okay. Is we've never had an opposing team representative on our pod with us. Now, I've heard... Uh, Final Judgment and Barrel Proof have supporter group presidents and podcasters from other teams come on their shows, especially before big games. Right. <clears throat> we keep a very Louisville-centric yeah. viewpoint, which I think is a valuable thing to do. But I, I, maybe we should branch out and try to talk to somebody who has differing viewpoints from ourselves. I think that's the only way you can learn, Andy, and grow. I don't care about that. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to learn or grow about anybody else. Like I, okay, I, good I, to know. I care about Louisville City. I will uh, take that out of. I'll take that out of. Who, the idea. Here's my question, though. If we're throwing out hypotheticals, like who? Who would? Who would? Who? Okay. For for uh, who would you realistically have access to? Is my question. Okay. To be fair, I know the. I know high ranking. Members of the supporters groups of several clubs. Uh, I know low-level employees of a few clubs. Okay. 
So I mean, we could we could realistically get some of these guys and gals, um, but the, and I realized after I said this, we have once had an opposing team's fan on our pod, but it was not on an official numbered episode. It was on a special episode when I interviewed Nipun Chopra. Oh yeah, and uh, we should definitely have him on before the indie game this year. I loved getting to talk to him about USL League expansion, which is mm-hmm. what, what we actually talked yeah. about that day. Yeah, I remember that show. It was when they announced the rebrand in the USL Championship and League One and all that, and he was fascinating to talk to about it. He's one of my favorite people in USL soccer, and he's also an incredibly diehard Indy 11 fan. Before the Indy 11 home game, mm-hmm. we'll have him on. How about that? Okay. So That's fine with me. Napoon, we're coming from you. Be ready. Um, he doesn't listen to this. I'm certain he doesn't. Yeah, that's, that's, that's almost, that's almost certainly true. Gonna... The last time we talked about the pod, he was like, oh, yeah, man, it's going great. You do a podcast? And then <laughs> and then moved on. Um, you know, uh, there's some value in that, but we don't need to worry about it. And we, I don't have anybody a contact at Swope Park that would, could tell us who's playing and who's not. That was the impetus for this. Okay. Was whether I thought, or not I'm... I had somebody I could even right, call right, right, or right. could tell us. This is the person likely to play. These are our good players, and these are our bad players. Well, you're part of the USL community now, bud. I really, really am. Uh, which is not, I don't know what kind of contacts you have or not have a, made. It's not a feather in their cap that that's the case. Do you know the president of the USL? I do not know Jake Edwards personally. I've, shake, I've shook his hand, but he would How not was know. How was it was a good handshake. It was a good handshake. Honestly, yeah. Okay. At the press conference last year for the championship game, I shook his hand. Tell a lot about a person by their handshake. You can. It was a solid handshake. Good. I'm pleased with the job Jake Edwards is doing, but that's also a pod for another day. All right. Uh, we're realizing as we circle different topics here that we have very little to say about the game against Swope. <laughs> no, because we don't know There's anything. just not much. Because you don't know who you're going to be playing against. And also, they're not good. Uh, the the team itself is not good. Here's the what team I'll, they could field could be good. Here's what I'll ask you. This yeah. is this is what I'll ask you, and I feel like this is the best we're gonna get as far as like any kind of anticipation of this game. So let's say realistically, they're probably gonna have somebody from Sporting Casey. Like okay, we'll say they've got two like or three reserves. Two or three guys. Who do you from Sporting KC, mm-hmm. Who do we see? That makes you work. Well, I mean, they're not going to bring Kellen Rowe down to play against us. They're not going to bring Graham Zusi and Matt Beasler down to play against us, who are the sort of the, the veteran core of their team, those three, those guys. Right. Uh, so, realistically, no, I don't follow MLS enough to be like, oh, man, this guy's a diamond in the rough. I'd hate to play him. I don't, I don't, know, right. I don't know the league well enough. And I do know that their best players are not guys we have to worry about. Okay. I'm just saying that if you consider the average USL player, the average USL player, right. to be a, a five in terms of quality. Okay. And then the average MLS player in comparison is like a 6.8. And so if you've got three guys out there, if they're replacing average USL players with average MLS players, then their team is immediately better. Right. And uh, that's that's scary. I mean, that's uh, that's always a yeah. risk. Um, but maybe we don't see any of them. You know, I don't know what Casey's got going on or how worried they are about their Open Cup match in a week and a half or Call two and a half weeks. <laughs> Man, why don't you start getting some contacts? Nobody wants to talk to me, dude. Nobody wants to talk to me either. 
Um, that's why we don't have a guest tonight. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we don't have a guest tonight. No, because we don't. I, I, I feel like we're leaning pretty heavy on our guests. Uh, which makes sense given our relative talents. Yeah, I mean uh, that we would try to have the best possible. But the, the people that the guests that we get on are awesome. Like, they, why wouldn't we want to lean on them? Well, right? I don't know. I'm just saying that uh, I think every now and then it's good for us to hone our skills. Yeah, and uh, that's this. Um, and also, I I just eventually will run out of people that I haven't burnt bridges with, and so I'm really <laughs> trying, to, trying to push that as far down the line as possible. And also, now I get in moderate trouble from the club. Like, not about having guys on the t- uh, guys on the pod. They don't care about that. It's just like, uh, dude, really? Again? Another one? Like, you just... just I get it. Just enough to get a little comment. Uh, you know what would be hilarious if that? we could pull it off? It's to get a prominent figure in Louisville, like the community of Louisville. Yeah. That has nothing to do with soccer okay. and interview them. Okay, can you give me a for Denny instance? Crumb. Denny Crumb would be an interesting get. And not even listen, tell that it's a soccer now, podcast. Now listen, you know my methods for getting guests. Up yeah. until this year when I have admittedly convenient access to the team. Yes. You know what my method was right. for getting guests, which yeah. was essentially to Just pester them the until they were like, yeah. dude, I'll give you an hour. Yeah. I'm putting you on the case. Ugh. Go get me Denny Crumb. Go get him. How old is Eddie Crumb? Denny Crumb is not a young man, but he's vibrant. He's he's like he's like the Kenny Allward of his time. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny. Oh man. That's, that's, this is sidetracking so far away oh, from Smoke man. Park All Rangers. Right. Go get me Denny Crumb. But besides that, uh, give me a prediction, man. What do you got for the, what do you got for this know. game? Um, you know what? I'm gonna go three nothing. Okay. Three nothing. I love it. Um, one of those goals being the obvious Oscar Paco. Man, we came close to having one. This I know week. we did. Yeah. We really want to give those kids money. Yeah, we're desperate to. We're we, we're trying to give those kids money. It's happening. Um, we're gonna go on a stretch where we get like four of them in two games, and we're gonna be like, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> I hope so. Like, I hope it gets to a point Agreed. that we, like, Agreed. worry about our mortgages. <laughs> Especially because uh, we'll have to go back and listen to some of the podcasts, but I'm pretty sure that Hack and yeah, Delalo some... and yeah. someone else, I feel like. I feel like Cruz said something. Danny Cruz may have uh, agreed yeah. to match. We've there got are some several verbal matches. agreements yeah, out there. So, um, nice. so Oscar DePaco. Oscar DePaco. Lucky these days. Lucky? You're feeling lucky? Feeling lucky. He's going to get stuck in? Yeah. I love it. I think he's going to do it. I, I hope that he does. Um, he has been in really nice form. He has been. I think that if I was going to be betting on goal scorers, I think that Lucky has been as good a choice as any. I do think Magram is in such great form. Yeah. Uh, I could see him finding a way to get a brace in a game like this. Yeah. Uh, the old forked lightning. The old forked lightning. Maybe on a thunder bastard. Oh, my God. Um, it's exciting, though. I'm hopeful that we... Uh, we got a couple of guys who need to get off their ducks here. So, uh, yeah. uh, hopefully that's coming soon. Um, good. 3-0. I like it. That's our game preview. Yeah. 
Alright, you want to crack open a little bit of purple stuff? That was an adequate game preview. It totally was. (laughs) Yeah, a little purple stuff. Cheers. This is not... I'll come clean to you. It is not my first purple stuff of the week. Being being Derby Week and oh, having God. had a game already this week. Oh, and we did fail to mention in the game preview that it was in the game review that it was a Kentucky Derby Festival official game. As it should have been an official event of Kentucky Derby Festival. Which yeah. that's cool. That's cool. It is super cool uh, to to sort of be a part of the environment of it. I love yeah. it. Now everything is so regimented for Kentucky Derby Week. Like everybody knows, hey Oaks Night. And everybody knows, okay, it's Thurby. Everybody knows that you've got uh, the parade on Thursday, that you've got the boat race, that you've got uh, the bed races, that you've got... I mean, there's The chow wagon going on. The chow wagon the whole time. Everybody's got sort of a routine. And so I don't know if Tuesday night is the premier primetime best night to be out there. Uh, playing a game, I think it is. But it's to me, it, it might be the previous Sunday. It might be a good thing to have like a Sunday afternoon game of the week before weekend before. No, no, no. You I like the Tuesday, Tuesday night game? It I did set. Tuesday. It did set, and now here come a lot of caveats. A midweek official league game attendance record. Midweek league game. Attendance record, yeah. which uh, regular season midweek, yeah, official league game attendance record, but a record nonetheless. Seventy eight hundred people at a game on a Tuesday night is a that's an accomplishment. I, I'll be honest with you, I did not see seventy eight hundred coming. Like I kind of no. thought it would be sparsely uh, attended, but I felt kind con- now I do. As part of my role with the team, I do get an advance attendance number. Mm-hmm. So I always know the number that we will absolutely hit. Right. So, like, because that's just pre-tickets sold. Right. So no matter what happens at the box office gate, I know we'll announce this number because we've sold this many tickets. Yeah. If, we, if nobody else shows up, we'll announce this number. So I knew it was going to be big, but it was a big walk-up crowd, which is great. It is awesome. And I think that uh, the team did a really nice job of getting out the message about, hey, come out to this. And here's why I think Tuesday okay. is the way to go. And the I'm glad you mentioned the walk-up crowd. So it's the Sunday and Monday before Derby Week. It's almost like uh, it's if you're if you live in Louisville, if you're from Louisville, you know that this that. I feel like a lot of people use that Sunday and Monday as like, a, okay, I need to mentally prepare for the the, the shit show that yeah. this is going to be, right? Yeah. And it's a perfect time to do it. There's not a lot going on. Tuesday, I feel like, is a perfect, like, kickoff, so to speak. Okay. For the dirt. Like, you know what? We've got our soccer you're, team. You're in derby Let's season now. This is it. All right. This is it. I like it. I think Tuesday is the way to go. And the other thing is that when I, you know, I mentioned the walk-up crowd, it's good because you have so many people downtown. You've got people who are walking around. Like yeah. more people are just on foot. People down there, Feastville, exactly. Wagon, exactly. Like, oh, let's down wander over front. to the game. Absolutely. And then when it's in Butchertown, it might be even more like, well, let's wander over to the. Well, let me just tell you this right now. 
if the Derby Week game in the new stadium is not sold out, I'll be already pretty annoyed. If there is a walk-up crowd, I'll be a little annoyed. Okay. If people are able to walk up and get tickets, I'll be like, well, what the heck happened? Okay. So, but I do agree with you in general that for this squad, Tuesday night is maybe not. It's Tuesday or the previous Sunday or the two days that jump out to me as good days. Yeah. Uh, but proud to be a Kentucky Derby Festival yeah. event. Uh, it, it was really nice to integrate with some of the other stuff. Obviously, we kicked off with the marathon. Uh, Andrew DeLalo came in 23rd overall. Wow. Uh, ran it in an hour and 20. It's pretty solid. Pretty he was solid. two minutes pat, uh, behind his goal, but pretty solid. Poor guy. Yeah, I know. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but, no, and really proud of our other finishers, Brad Estes, Mario Sanchez, Pat Denbo, Brad Gordon, Megan Carner. We had some really nice... What was Estes' time? I don't know. I didn't catch his actual official time. I think we posted it, so I think you can see it. Because there was also, we raised a lot of really good money for the Kentucky, yeah. uh, for the Louisville Parks Foundation, for yeah. Win for Wyandotte, uh, for the Wyandotte soccer field. Raised a lot of really good money for that. I don't have an official dollar figure, but it was a lot of money. And uh, that's awesome. And I think that Estes jumped everybody but Delalo in the uh, by using the money to. I think it was for every hundred dollars you got to shave a minute off your time. Yeah. And uh, I think he shaved like several several minutes off of his time, which is awesome. But also, hey, you know, good for it. Good yeah. for the parks. Yeah. Uh, but that was cool to be a part of that event. I was there. We recorded Soccer City Radio from there this past yeah. week. Yeah. And. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the number of runners running by, giving it some shouts like "Go City!" Nice, you know, as they were going by. A couple of guys tried starting some chants as they went by. Which, nice. hey, you just ran eleven miles. You don't have to chant for us. We'll chant for you, buddy. That's awesome. Um, but no, it was really great. The number of people who were wearing city shirts, just running in the marathon. Uh, there was a guy wearing a city bandana. I was like, hey, and there, and everybody who saw us, you know, wanted to point out their city gear as they were running by, which was really cool. <coughs> it was a good feeling of uh, being a part of the city, which I think is what Kentucky Derby Festival really screams yeah. to me: is how invested is this town in you? Mm -hmm. And by that same token, we also showed up to the bed races and got some good response from. We didn't participate, but we were just sort of there as spectators, and uh, that was really cool. Right, got some good response from there. Uh, went to the expo. Good response there. Uh, the team, we tried to have a presence at as many of the events as we could. And uh, today, I got to participate in driving yeah. some of the players in the Pegasus Parade. Yeah. Dude, the love. I was feeling the love. I really felt like this was the most I've ever felt like part of the team. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they can't differentiate. They can't be like, we're not clapping for you. We're clapping for the players behind you. They <laughs> nobody was yelling that. So for me, I was like basking in the applause. Yeah. But no, everybody was super excited to see the players. And there was some really nice response. We got a cool spot right behind the Phillies. Nice. And so, uh, you know, there's nothing like... Uh, yeah. Uh, that warm glow right behind the Disney, the Disney, the Derby princesses. Yeah, and so uh, it was it was really exciting. I was glad to participate. The players seemed like they had a lot of fun. The weather held off, which was cool. Yeah, uh, and man, I really thought Hack would give them after a day of practice today. 
and of having to be in a parade for three hours at night, and then tomorrow being Oaks, but no. No. They're back to work, back on the practice field Good. tomorrow, because, you know, that's the kind of dedication our boys have to the craft. Yeah. Uh, but no, Kentucky Derby Festival, awesome to have been a part of it this year. I hope that it's the first time of many, 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 many years of being involved in that, because between the six or seven different Derby Festival events that that the team activated at, mm. uh, great response at almost all of them. And it really rang home to me we, I've I've used this word before. It's true though. It feels insular, mm-hmm. our fanhood, because man, I see the same two hundred and fifty family members yeah. at every city thing. Like if it's a city thing, those two hundred fifty people are gonna be there. Yeah, maybe six thousand other people will. Who knows? But you see those two hundred and fifty, and I know all of them by name, and I'll shake their hands and give them a hug, and their family. But it's at an event like this where I don't immediately recognize anybody. It's just Louisville. Yeah. And uh, but where you're still seeing sort of the love coming through, uh, it was a good feeling, honestly, yeah. that uh, you know that we're becoming a part of the firmament of this town, and that's what we have to be to yeah. be a, uh, an effective and productive team long term. Yeah. Because I've said it before, and I'll say it again: we bought ourselves three years with the stadium. The new stadium will keep enough interest around this team that we could be last place for three years in a row, and there will still be a clamor for participating. Right. Couldn't lose every game, but we could maybe finish low down on the table for three years. I don't expect that, but we could. But after that, Louisville wants a winner. Mm-hmm. But you can buy yourself more time if they love the team. Yeah. Without it, and uh, I think we're getting closer to that all the time, where the the city just accepts that we're a part of them, and uh, representatives of them, and that we're that we're something else to make them proud. Right, and that's that's a nice feeling. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Allward donated the Toyota trucks from Oxmoor Toyota. Kenny, thanks, Kenny. Uh, drove. <laughs> Really nice tundra. Yeah. Really nice tundra. Uh, uh, to the point where I was. Uh, I would I was, let you borrow the Corolla, bud. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was I was really uncomfortable driving it. It was too nice and too big. I was like, I was white knuckling it the yeah. whole time. Even though you are literally driving three miles an hour, it is. Okay, 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 okay. I'm not to okay, I'm not, especially since I what signed the? for all three of them. Oh, no. And Hack was driving one of them, and I don't know how to go and tell Coach John Hackworth, hey, make sure you're uh, gentle with that thing, because it's my name attached yeah, be to careful it. With this. But he drives a big truck anyway, so he's a, he's a big truck man. Uh, but I didn't say that out loud, because nobody needs to know what the coach drives. But yeah, he drives a big truck. Um, news and notes... You've got a little bit of Scouts' House news. Yeah, um, a little bit being the operative word there. Yeah. Um, the goal cam is up. Mm. Uh, synced up with Kevin Kernan's uh, commentary. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, check it out. And again, when you watch it, keep in mind that is, in fact, the view from Scouts' House. That is what we see. Yeah. Um, this year. This year. Um, that's Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I even asked Kenny and David. I was like, hey, what do you want me to mention on the show? They're like, goal cam. Goal cam. There it is. There you go, bud. 
Uh, um, well, and I love the goal cam, and uh, Kevin does such a nice job on his calls that uh, old Special K, Kevin Kernan, uh, rocking it with the, um, uh, with the nice calls. On a personal note, I don't know anybody Hold who... on. Personal note coming yeah. out, and it's an exciting one. It is, it is. Uh, if you were at the game, you probably already know this. Well, if you paid attention to the board, you already knew this. Um, or if you just know my wife and I, you already know this. But if you don't know this and you listen to this podcast, uh, we will, in, in November, we will have a new addition to Scouse's house. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Little wife, baby Frederick. Yeah, my wife and I are, in, well, my, my wife is, in fact, pregnant. And I've, I've hit that point where I'm like, we're pregnant. And then no, you're not. No, my my wife She's doing pregnant. the work, let's be honest. And I'm very proud and happy to be a part of it. That's yeah. sort of the way you get to phrase yeah. it. Yeah. Um, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, you and I have talked about it quite a bit, but I'll officially <laughs> say, hey, congratulations. Thanks, very man. proud of you um, and excited for you. Girl or boy, his or I her I bet name, it's going to be one of those. It will be. Probably. I mean, God, I hope so. Probably <laughs> 49.8% chance. Right. Might be an owl. It could. That'd be strange. <laughs> I would, we would love it all the same. That's sure. the spirit. Um, no, girl or boy, I'm leaning heavily toward the middle name of Thunderbastard. Thunderbastard, I love it. Evan Thunderbastard Frederick sounds great. We'll talk about the Evan. And Evan, we'll is, and Evan is unisex, man. Uh, that's great. Uh, Evan Rachel think. Wood brought it that way. That's not going to be a thing. All right, fine. You know, he says that now. <laughs> um, no, congratulations. That's exciting. November, though. Yeah, no. So... The last two years, we've had an important soccer game in we November. Have. We have. What happens, hypothetically, what happens <laughs> if uh, the USL championship game is played on November 8th? I'm breaking up a date. I haven't so looked yet. And, and your wife goes into labor on November 7th. So here's the thing. Our, according to the doctor, uh-huh. Our official like due date is November seventh. Okay. Okay. We played our first USL Cup on November third. Okay. This past year on November sixth. Okay. I'm hoping that it skips three days again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now this is how about this? Let me narrow this down. How long after? Stephanie has uh, has pr- produced a child. Yeah. Is it how long do you have to wait before you can say, "Hey, I'm going to the game"? Like, anyway. <laughs> now, I, I don't want you to in any way be insensitive. I'm I am one hundred percent. No, yeah. Given the idea that you know, be a father first. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Priorities, absolutely. So, saying, like, is half it an like, hour? Is it? Is it like, <laughs> hey, no, two um, hours? I've been holding my baby. Is it like, or I mean, and I mean this seriously. Is it like a week? Like, how long would you have had to have had a baby before you could realistically say, I'm going to the game? Um, that depends on my life. I yeah, but I'm saying as in, in your like, mind. In my mind. The person I would be looking toward is my wife. Like, if she, if she says, super "Hey," super diplomatic. If she says you can go to the game, then but I at go. what point do you even ask? How about uh, that? At what point do you even go, "Hey, do you care if I go to the game?" I'm saying, see, I don't even ask. Is it too? I don't even ask. So I, let's I'll say, wait for her to let's say, say you it's can been go do three this. weeks. Oh, well, then I'd ask. Okay, three weeks I would ask. Two weeks. 
<laughs> You're just gonna, nope. She's going to have to be like, you can go to the game. If I can swing it... Okay, so let's say uh, we make the USL Cup again, right? God, that'd be nice. And my progeny <laughs> is brought into this world uh-huh. like an hour before the game. Uh-huh. I'm bringing the kid. <laughs> Well, obviously, you swaddle the child. Swaddle in, the in, hell out of it in, and um, bring it. In one of the brand new purple jerseys. Exactly. And bring it. And then uh, just bring it straight to the game. Yeah. I love it. Um, no, we are, all kidding aside, you're going to be a fantastic father. It's really exciting for the entire Scouse's House family uh, and for uh, your family in particular. So, congrats. Um, man, now my team news seems really dumb. <laughs> Uh, no, and honestly though, it's not really dumb. It's huge and important team news in the grand scope of things, which is that uh, it was announced that we will participate in the uh, first annual uh, USL Academy yeah. Cup. So we will send a team to the USL Academy Cup in Florida, which is next year. That's it crazy. is not long from now. And right now we have one Academy player. And I'm sure Elijah is very good, but I doubt he's good enough to win that bad boy on his own. We need some other people. Yeah, we're going to need to sign some more guys. And also, we're going to need to be able to train them separately of the from the first team. Mm-hmm. Because right now, when Elijah trains with the squad, he trains with the squad. That's incredible. Um, we will ultimately... Uh, Mario is actively every day working on a scouting every player within a 300 mile radius of here who has enough talent to merit being scouted and uh, B developing a magnificent plan about uh, the order of operations for turning for creating Mm -hmm. uh, the Blue City Academy now obviously the brick and mortar actual physical building or fields, or dormitories, or facilities of any kind, that's a ways out. Yeah. We're, we're sort of stadium-centric right now when it yeah. comes to our finances and our building projects. Uh, so we, we're not going to have, this is not going to be a live-in sort of dormitory, European-style academy system for a little bit. But what you can feel confident about is that they are going to have an actual squad, a full squad of guys Within the next several months, lots of months, let's. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put more pressure on Mario because he hasn't been like, hey, it's going to be done in four months or six months or eight months. But you can feel confident that we'll have a full academy mm-hmm. squad. And I believe that the goal is to have two academy squads. So the U19s and the U17s, okay. I believe, is the goal. Uh, I, may, I may have the years wrong on that. But Mario is doing an amazing job and uh, putting together a plan. Uh, I know he meets with... The people it's important to meet with in terms of our organization making decisions about how to go about all this on a weekly basis trying to keep this thing going in the right direction and i'm really excited to see what he ends up doing and uh, what the squad ends up looking like uh hack being the uh, technical director for the entire organization will obviously set what kind of soccer he wants played mm-hmm. and mario will execute it and that's and uh that's crazy exciting yeah Ah, 
That was my news. Was that? That was awesome news. Um, we signed Brian Holt. His last time we spoke as a backup keeper. Yeah. Um, Casey Clark was on a one-game contract, and uh, that was sort of as an emergency keeper. He fulfilled his duty well. Appreciate everything he did, and I'm sure he's on the radar if we were to need another mm-hmm. keeper for uh, for a circumstance. Brian Holt's a little bit more of a long-term solution. Uh, we're hopeful that Dobro and Hubbard both hurry back healthy soon, soon. But I don't have dates. I don't have updates. I don't have anything. Uh, so for the time being, Brian Holt will be our backup keeper. Uh, nice that he's an American because that means uh, we can get him into the starting lineup for the U.S. He's Open up, Cup yeah. matches without having to sacrifice an extra international spot with Ben Lunt. Yeah. Um, so really good on that front. Uh, so Brian Holt with the squad now, which uh, good for him. Uh, I don't know how long of a contract he signed for. I don't know if we just signed him for the rest of the year and said, hey, great. I, I, I haven't paid attention to that, so I apologize. Um, I think that's all of the actual news news I've got to cover. We don't throw open to questions the way Barrel Proof does, uh, but I will just say I'm not going to weekly suggest, hey, ask us questions. But I will tell you that if you do ask Andy or I questions yeah. on uh, on the Twitterverse and want to know something from <clears throat> us, we'll do our best to get answers for you. You know what we can start doing? No. This just popped in. This might be genius. Okay. This might be genius. might nice. be awful. It I'm might ex- be genius. I'm excited to hear. What if we started uh, compiling questions? Okay. So, like, send us your questions and we'll answer them on the podcast. Well, that's exactly what I was just talking no, about. No, it's not. Yeah. No, no, no. No, you said answer them on Twitter. No, I meant that they ask... See, this is where it's easy to forget that Andy, while he has become an immense fan of the club, is not an obsessive fan of the club. You are an enormous fan, yeah. but not an obsessive one. And so you don't listen to all the other pods. No, I don't. And that's fine. Uh, Barrel Proof does Ask Barrel Proof, where oh, if you okay. hashtag Ask Barrel Proof and then put a question, oh. they respond to it on the air. And I'm saying that rather than us sort of solicit questions on a weekly basis for our opinion, uh, if people want to ask us questions that they just want to know the answers to of actual stuff, oh, okay. uh, we'll do our best to find those answers. I don't have a clever hashtag for this, so I'll just say, ask it to at me or at Andy, yeah. and, we'll yeah. do our, and we'll do our best. And maybe yeah. nobody out there cares what we think about anything at all anyway, but... To be fair, I've never listened to our podcast. I understand that. I used to listen to them always afterwards. Like, yeah. I'd go back and sort of quality control listen to them. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. No. <laughs> I'm kind of done with that now. I feel uh, like that's Kenny's job, right? Kenny, I'm pretty sure, quality checks us in, like, 10-minute increments yeah. throughout. I don't think he... I do think he goes back and actually listens to the whole pod, but I think when he's posting it, he generally just does like a, okay, at minute six, the audio is clear and they're not cursing. At minute 29, right, the audio yeah. is clear. And he's, he's, he's said basically that to me before. Yeah, and that's completely fine. And he's amazing, and thank, yeah, thank him yeah. very much for all of his effort. Uh, as just a brief spat of banter, I don't want to go into stadium since we did an entire stadium <sighs> pod last week. Instead of talking about the stadium, I just want to talk about how cool it was to go to the stadium. Oh <laughs> uh, we, you know, we were sharing the mic with eight or nine other people, all whose opinions are valid and interesting, yeah. and was thrilled to do the pod with all of them. But uh, just you and me personally, right here, you and me. 
what do you what do you dude that was what do you think yeah that was incredible I it was it's bigger than driving Pat down 64 oh yeah makes it what like when you get into it, it's like oh this is like big big this stay this is huge yeah. it's massive it is once you're standing in it I think we lose <clears throat> scale when you're driving by it yeah well and uh, the tour itself was really cool mm-hmm. seeing the the ins and outs of it um, <laughs> I'm gonna say this and of course like I don't know, but the sweets are really cool. The <laughs> like, sweets are going to be really Of course cool. the sweets are awesome, but, like, they're really cool. Like, where they are is really cool. Yeah. They are. I agree it, with I all mean, that. the whole thing is just incredible. I agree with all of that. Uh, everything about it is cool. And then today, I was driving by, and yesterday, and they've started putting roof. Yeah. Roof beams. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, and so the other night, uh, when we were at... When Stephanie and I were at your house, near Katie's house, playing Settlers of Catan, if you've never played it before, you're missing out. Bring it. I am the Lord of Catan. Um, you have uh, that magnet on your fridge, and it yeah. says, I support the stadium. Yeah. And to, just to think that we've gone from passing out magnets and stickers that say, I support the stadium, implying that it was still a question was whether or not it was going to be built. Absolutely. To... All of us walking around in it. Yeah. Standing in the future Scouse's house. Yeah. I mean, it standing was... Standing in the owner's suite. It was uh, incredible. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, I'm amped up every day about it. There's no other way to put it. I am yeah. actively excited every day. And I don't care if you guys ever get sick of me talking about the stadium until we, are, we have played in that thing for two or three months. I can't envision a time when I don't want to talk about it. Like, I just... Everybody I talk to, when they find out I work for the team, which is the second sentence, I go, uh, hi, my name's Evan Floyd. I work for Louisville City yeah. Football Club. Um, no, but when they find out I work for the team, they'll usually ask something about the stadium, and then I will just talk to them until they walk away. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to talk about the stadium? Let's talk about the stadium. Like, this, these are my 18 favorite things in order. What are you, what are you, Buckle up, friends. Seriously, you don't even know what you just walked into. You are an idiot. Uh, all right, I am. Uh, I'm traveling with the team this you weekend, are. so I will be going to Kansas City. You're missing my wife's birthday for that. I am. I. I, I wouldn't say I'm missing it. No, I'm kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> office face quote. Yeah. You walked into it. Uh, I. I am missing the Derby party. I'm missing Derby. We will be on a flight during Derby. Yeah. Uh, that's that's crazy talk. But, uh, yeah, so missing the... How miss- long of a flight is it? I believe that uh, to Kansas City, it's about two hours... It's almost two hours on the on the nose. Like, That's two hours even. Um, not a bad flight. So, I'll be traveling with the team. I will give you a, a in-depth report as to how I thought we looked. I feel like I'm a worse fan now that I'm working for the team, just in the respect that I don't feel like I can watch the game with the same level of intent that right. I used to. Um, no, you're too busy walking around telling ball kids what to do. I do tell ball kids what to do. <laughs> Let me just say this right now. Any of you out there listening tonight who have kids that you think would like to be a ball kid, ball kids are shits. 
There's no other. They're all they're all entitled little yeah. I'll do what I want kind of jerk faces. I don't know what kind of generation the last generation raised, but Andy, I'm expecting you to do better because when I was a kid, I was a ball boy for a couple of crew games mm-hmm. and a couple of Cleveland Crush indoor uh, indoor games when they were playing their outdoor season. Yeah. Um, the if an adult in team regalia <laughs> told me to do anything or to stop doing anything, yeah. it would have been immediate. Right. And I would have been horrified the rest of the game. Right, yeah, absolutely. That it was bred into us. Yeah, it's our generation. between our generation and theirs. That's the difference. Their generation does not care. No. I literally walked up to a child and said, stop throwing the ball. Because all you need from a ball kid, it's not a glamorous job, is to stand, to stand basically it. still yeah. and hold the ball so that you're ready to give it to the person who needs it. But they all universally want to juggle the ball because they're yeah. all soccer players, so they want to juggle and they want to pass it back and forth and they want to throw the ball in the air and dribble and they want to do stuff with the ball because yeah. they're athletes and that's what they they do when they have a ball in their hands. I get it. But that first time somebody comes to you and says, hey, stop that. Yeah. I expect a kid to stop it. But not only do they not stop, I stood... Five feet away from them, still in their line of sight, and they just started they throwing the ball anyway. again, and then shit-eating grinned me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you told me not to do this. I very nearly threw the kid, not just out of being a ball kid, but out of the stadium. That I came this close to being like, you here's, are out. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I think this is what it would take to get him to stop. I, I, we sound like grumpy old men. I am one hundred percent. I am about to be a father, man. so I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm practicing. Okay. Yeah. All it's gonna take is one ball kid juggling a ball gets away from him. Yeah. Onto the field in like a crucial play. Yeah. Right. Gets in the way, screws up like a beautiful run, or like somebody crosses it in, and it's gonna or be. Or a goalkeeper perfect. trips over it trips and allows a ball to go in. Somebody like it, or like somebody hits it and gets hurt, or right? one of the other players accidentally plays the fake ball instead of playing the ball that's really on the field. And they next think, thing oh, you this know, is the real ball. Next thing you know, we're on Sports Center, not top ten, and, and that's not the press that we want. No, no, but that's where we're headed. Without <sighs> between me. And Sports Center top ten, not top ten, is chaos and shitty ball kids. Is that how you view your job? Apparently, it's my only job. <laughs> I cannot count the number of ball kids I had to be like, "Don't stand there, stand there," and I'll point to an exact spot, and they won't go. They'll be like, they'll just look at me. Am I not speaking a language you recognize? You need to interview the... What's the ball kid selection process? It's it's not strong. I wouldn't imagine. No. I wouldn't um, imagine. Like, talk to the parents beforehand. Like, be honest with me. Is your kid a jerk? Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know <laughs> no. if your kid's a jerk or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, it, it, it is maddening to me that ball kids just don't care. I actively said, don't stand behind the goal. 
Because it's a bad look when there's somebody standing behind the goal. In terms of the guys playing, they don't want to have somebody right there in the line of sight, especially somebody holding a ball. Right. It's a. It's not a good look. So you want them to stand, and also it's not useful as a ball kid. No. Because you can't get the ball to the keeper. So I told him, stand over there about halfway to that wall. The kid took two steps, still standing <laughs> mostly behind the goal, and then stopped. And I was like, about halfway to the wall? And the kid looked at me, and then looked back at the game. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? What has the Trump generation done? Oh, no. What are we? Is civility dead? Well, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Their parents are probably within five years of our age. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know how we failed those children. I want you to know something. Yeah. When my child is a ball kid. Yeah. And he or she will be. Of course. Because I will insist upon it. Naturally. <laughs> oh, you're being a ball kid. I don't care. Absolutely. He or she will be the best ball kid ever. I can't wait. When our, when our keeper needs the ball, it'll be in a heart lightning. When their keep when the opposing keeper needs it, what ball? This ball? Oh, this one? Are you sure? It's going to be no. And for the rest of the time they will stand like a sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> Monitoring the play. Holding the ball like weirdly like at chest level like perfectly. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm this close to like seeking out professional ball kids. Like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm done with you amateurs. Pay I need professional pay ball like kids. Pay like twenty bucks a game. I, I just get, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about just getting like some some twenty five year olds. Like, listen, <laughs> listen, your generation failed you also, but you guys need the money. So, uh, listen. I got I got I got a ten spot and a sandwich that says you can stand Go snag some still. undergrads. Go snag some undergrads. Absolutely. Be like, look, dude, I'll feed you. I it don't is. understand how I yeah, don't get ridiculous. it. And I remember being horrified while I was a ball kid, like that I was gonna mess up and that people were gonna be angry at me. I am the people that I was worried would be angry yeah. at me, and they don't care at all. No. Was that a bit of a rant? I think we bantered there. That remember was... when you could hit kids? <laughs> I do not remember that, no. Oh, I remember that. Well, I, I mean, I remember when kids could get hit. No, oh, just... yeah. um, wow. All right. That went a place. It did. I, I didn't even realize until I started talking how passionate I was about that. Until we started discussing it, I didn't realize I cared I that no much. no idea. Um, so if you were a ball kid in this last week's game, I'm sorry. You, you just, you failed me miserably. That, and that's not even fair. We had 11 ball kids and seven of them were delightful. So that's all I got to say about that. Uh, all right. That concludes this podcast. Uh, we're going, going to Swope should be fun. Yeah. And then we'll get back into it next week. We'll talk about uh, the Birmingham game. We might get a little more detailed about U.S. Open Cup games. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we've got some uh, more information about health. And hopefully we're coming off of three wins on the trot and everybody's just yeah. feeling good. Uh, I think, and amazingly, between... Swope and Birmingham, we should reasonably be expected to get six, either four or six points. Yeah. And uh, that means that we should be in really nice shape two weeks from now. Before we go into St. Louis, we could be looking at, you know, towards the top end of the table teams. 
the St. that St. Louis game, which was our next league home game, mm-hmm. uh, around the corner, that'll be a big one. A lot of returnees for that game, so we'll we'll start amping up towards that game. Not that you can overlook either of these two. No. Uh, Andy, you got anything else that you need to cover? You're set. I'm set. Well, then let's just say that we only ever, at the end of every podcast, say one thing, and that is Go City! Go City! Go City! Go City! Go City! Go City!